0: Hello, and welcome to another great episode of Unstoppable Rise, a resource that helps motivate individuals take massive advantage of this very complex world we live in, while simultaneously avoiding its many pitfalls, using a combination of old school wisdom and new breed tactics to achieve these ends. My name is Sim, and today we're going to be discussing the four traps that you encounter in your late 20s. That may seem very nebulous at this point, but if you listen on, you'll see what I'm talking about later in the show. So let's dive right in. So I want to go ahead and dedicate this episode to all the brothers out there who are in their 20s, mainly their early 20s, maybe even late teens, and may want a preview of what's coming up. And it's also to some of the people out there who are listening because I know that's a large percentage of people who are in their late 20s. And I think this discussion is going to be very relevant to your situation today. And I just think in general, it's relevant to really anybody who wants to see how they may have stumbled and see how they may have fell in the past and probably make some steps to correct that. But it's always good to be prepared than not prepared. So, This discussion is going to be centering around what I call the traps, the four traps you encounter in your late 20s. And it's going to be centering around the mental rationalizations that start to appear when you get up into this age. And I know this because obviously I'm in my late 20s and a lot of my friends are also in their late 20s. Some of them are in their mid-20s. These are cognitive delusions that sort of snake their way in the background of conversations, actions, and they don't really show themselves that much, but if you dig deeper, you'll start to see that these are the sponsoring thoughts behind some of the actions and rationalizations that happen at this age, and these, as a result, guide your behavior, which, as a result, guides your destiny. So when you get into your late 20s, a whole bunch of things start happening, You might have a job you've been working at for some time. Uh, It may be your first job that you got when you graduated from high school or college and you've been promoted in it, so you're at a higher level than when you started. Or you're just in general advancing in your career. You've been going from job to job and you've just been generally on an upward trajectory. You may be in a committed relationship and you may have been with your girlfriend for a while or you might be engaged or you may even be married. You, you you may even have kids. So with kids obviously comes buying a home. So you own a home outright and then you may also have a lot more money rolling in than you did at any other time in your life. And I know I do for sure because I just have a lot more funds than when I did when I was 20. That's that's for damn sure. So all these things combined together, you just in general have more stability than at any other time in your life. And it's very, it's very, it's a good feeling. It's a great feeling to feel in the pit of your stomach that, you know, things are finally starting to, you know, go in an upward trajectory. And things, uh, since you have stability, things are relatively static, things are relatively decent, and in a way you know, life is good, you know, life is good for for the most part. But the problem is with this illusion of stability, and you'll see why I call it an illusion very soon, you also get really comfortable and you get sort of, uh, you get sort of stuck. And this is what I call the quote unquote trap of modernity. So you have all the outward trappings of success, but there's this inner voice that nags at you saying, you know, hey, man, you could have done X, Y, and Z. And, you know, you could have, you know, all this is great. But then, you know, something's not right. Something's just not, something's just not kosher. So then you start to silence that voice and say, you know, that's just... You know that was just childish fantasy, and I'm too old for that now. It's too late for me now to do X, Y, and Z, which could very well be true. You know, Uh, as you get older, some doors start to close, some windows of opportunity start to close, and your the field just narrows to create a more even uh, playing field for your life, and you have a lot less options in general than you did when you started out. But then that can also provide a great opportunity to focus in and narrow in on your ideal life. If you are going in a path that is good for the most part, Um, some people by default, they just go in past that was chosen for them or they may have selected them out of ignorance, just being an ignorant younger person. And I'll get to that later. So uh, you have this illusion of stability and you start to really think about your, your younger days a little bit. And you start to think, why do people really lionize youth? Why is youth seen as this golden standard? Because among other things, you know, new stuff is happening all the time. Like every time when you're young, you're just having new experiences. Like your first car, your driver's license, your first kiss first time trying certain substances your first job meeting new friends meeting new girls traveling boom 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 you know one peak experience after another it's just like you're just sucking in so much relevant information and so much novelty you're like holy shit this is like this is this is the way to live life and then you're just all of that just stops Like after school, all that pretty much just stops. And then you're like, oh shit, like, I guess I need to grow up and, you know, become an adult. I, I guess this is what adult life is, you know, just sitting at a desk and staring at a screen for eight hours a day and then sitting in your car and then sitting at home. Again, more sitting and more looking at boxes and staying in boxes. So then a year passes. And then two years and then five years and the next thing you know, an entire decade passes. And I'll tell you, you know, fl- time flies by really fast, especially when you get older. You can then uh, get into a cycle where entire years pass and you have not grown at all. You're just like the same person at 27 that you were at 37. Like, that's crazy. Like... You've gone on vacations. You worked at a job. Ate some snacks, and you've just the only thing that's grown is your is your waistline, your your tummy. Like that's that's crazy to me. So time, when you don't really pay attention to it, it sort of just oozes by, and it also goes by very fast at the same time. And I talk I talk about this with friends all the time. Like, you know, when I was 17, I saw a 25 year old and I was like, that that, that guy, that guy's an old man. Like, that's an old ass man. And now I'm 27. And to be honest, I feel pretty much the same as I did when I was 17. Like, yeah, I'm I'm more jacked. Uh, I do different things. I make a lot more money and I just know myself better. But I still have the same growth oriented mindset, more or less. Obviously, 10 years is a long time, but in the span of time in general, it's not that long. So I still want to expand. I still want to grow. I still want to experience. I still want to make my life the best it can be. I just have an elevated perspective on things and how things are done. And I just have a more realistic view of what certain things need in order to be accomplished, and what what it takes to accomplish certain things. So that experience is pretty much invaluable for the most part. And you yourself, you know, you may think you're a different person, but deep inside, that child, that kid who really wants to do certain things, he's still there. He's still with you. It's just um, people in general cover up with all this shit and all this all these stupid conventions by saying that oh you know i don't do that anymore because i'm a certain age etc cetera, etc cetera. and i get that you know maturity definitely is something that is very real but are you saying that you're not doing something because you you your ego says that oh i'm 47 years old so i can't do x y and z granted it's pretty weird when a 47-year-old or a 50-year-old or someone up in that age hangs out with a bunch of 19-year-olds and early 20s people because their experiences of life are very different. But um, for the most part, you can do what you wanted to do at 17 that you can do at 47 you know, nothing is really off limits to you other than the fact that you're probably older and you're not as agile as you were and that, at that age. But for the most part, you know, nothing is really off limits. And, um, you know, this leads to what I call the next trap. And the next trap is what I believe to be falling in line with expectations, So as a person, you have a lot of expectations on you from different sources and different people and different groups. You have the expectations of your religion, the expectations of your culture, the expectations of your parents, of your extended family, all these different things and different groups of people. So they all expect you to be a certain person and their vision of you is all different. So you end up trying to inadvertently please all these people and eventually you just get very hemmed in, you get cornered like like a mouse, you get really boxed in and you get characterized as this one dimensional person and you become very hollow, this shell of a man and I was talking with one of my friends about this thing called the NPC meme and NPC stands for non-player character which is basically AI in a um, MMO RPG, so a massive world RPG game like World of Warcraft, those characters that are piloted by AI and have specific responses to specific activities. In real life, this is basically slang for someone who just regurgitates status quo talking points without any question of them. Basically people who are incapable of critical thinking and just spontaneity. So when you say to someone, how are you? And they say, oh, good, thanks. It's like an automatic response that's done on autopilot because a lot of people end up living their lives on autopilot. That's just the default state. And that's the default state of the brain when it's not challenged. And when people are on autopilot all the time, it's very hard for them to really break out of that mode because they're so used to it. And that's just their default mode of being so when someone goes home they just plop down from the tv or the pc crack open a beer bust open a bag of chips and just stare at this screen and they don't have any critical thought the pretty much the only critical thought that they have is like at work and they can't really summon of the mental energy to do that because they're so used to this autopilot state and then they just stare at the tv and they become a zombie and these people only wake up and become alive when you mention the weekend or you mention vacations like oh thank god it's friday or i can't wait to go to xyz location for a week to just escape and i think escapism is also part of that which i'll mention later So then you do this after months and years and you train yourself to become this NPC persona. You become a zombie. You get locked in. The Matrix has got you at that point. It's got you locked in. So you can't do anything really constructive because your default state is one of apathy, which makes you more apathetic. And this just becomes a downward cycle. And you become this nobody's home type of person. So avoiding this, quote unquote, nobody's home uh, persona is the second trap that locks a lot of people in because they can't summon the energy to make a life that they're really proud of. And they just end up settling for this lower level type of existence that just has a lot of lethargy and a lot of stagnation. So that's the second trap, just avoiding becoming that type of person because it will mess you up in the long term. This then leads into the third trap, which is risk avoidance. And risk is something interesting because it's something that people have been socialized to avoid by default, especially a lot of the millennial generation. And a lot of us were raised by parents who were very coddling um, to the border of being overprotective. So a lot of our A lot of us, a lot of the children of the 80s and 90s, we started coming up in this globalized world, and a lot of people saw danger at every corner, like, oh my God, there's a whole bunch of foreign people crowding into our countries. There's um, the exposure of the internet. Um, It's not as safe as it used to be when I grow up, so I got to protect my kids. And of course, there's a lot of the technology today And back then, that wasn't available when our parents, the boomers, were growing up. So that's why a lot of these parents ended up being helicopter parents, more or less. And this is also on a spectrum. I don't think a lot of people have extreme versions of this, but a lot of people did have parents that um, really got into their development. And they're interested in the development, which they rightly should be, but some of it may have been inadvertently uh, sabotaged their own sense of self-reliance. So they weren't able to develop that sense of self-reliance that some people in the older generation have. So I know a lot of people who don't do things and won't do things because they don't think their parents will approve. And I think that's really, really sad because You can't really live your life for your parents. You know, your life is your life. Your parents just, they just gave birth to you. And you are now your own person who has to live by your own code for better or for worse. And I'm not saying you have to take everything they taught you and just throw it out with throwing the baby out with the bathwater. But you do need to start thinking for yourself. And you do need to realize that a lot of them grew up in a time that was in a time and a place that was much different from Today, and some of them are giving advice that they would have given themselves if they had the chance to go back. So, keep that in mind. Um, but this concept of risk avoidance is why a lot of people just live unfulfilled lives. And I said in another um, audio recording that the risk that the fullness of life is really found in these unknown, unknown moments where you don't really know too much about what may happen, but you have faith that something good is going to happen. That's why it's called a leap of faith. And notice I was talking, I'm talking about risk. I'm not talking about a gamble. A, A gamble is pretty much a foolish throw of the die with no backing evidence whatsoever that you're going to come out on top. And playing the lottery is a gamble right off the bat because you're going up against millions of other people And the odds of you winning are you you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning twice than you would with winning the gamble, winning the lottery. And exiting an off-ramp at 110 miles an hour, hoping you don't crash, is a gamble. Having unprotected sex with a stranger is a gamble. These things are not risks. You have absolutely no belief and no reason why you should come out the other side okay. They are, in essence, pretty much stupidity. So a risk is something you do where the outcome is unclear, but you have faith that it will work out because you have primary evidence that it could turn into something good. And uh, personally, one small risk that I took, and I don't want to make this about me, uh, this is a very small example from my life, and I have many other examples, but that would take up a vast majority of the time I have. But um, years ago... I pretty much want to learn how to write better copy and I'd been writing online and writing on different mediums for at that point for about close to 10 years. So a little a little over ten, or actually yeah, a little over 10 years I'd been writing online and I was pretty good. I developed my skills that way just by hashing out um my my writing skills in in my adolescence and A lot of people say my writing is good, and that's part of the reason why. But I thought it was good, but I want to be better, and I want to be the top. I want to be just the best writer I could, the best online writer I could. So this was back in 2014, and I was dead broke at this time. So this was a one-time shot. This was something that would not happen again. And this was a a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And it hasn't happened again. So I made a good decision. So I ended up paying $450, my last $450, to learn from this person and learn how to write good marketing copy. And like I said, I was dead broke. I was only making $10 an hour at that time. So Nothing. I was making $10 an hour, working 30 hours a week, and I also had bills to pay, right? I had food to buy, I had a car to pay for, I had insurance to pay for, I had all these things that I had to pay for. But I realized that this would be my launching off point into eventually uh, getting on my own feet and offering my services uh, to different people. So I took that chance, and I just had the willingness to do that and you know anything could have happened any emergency could have happened and i didn't have an emergency fund i didn't have any other dollars you know that was pretty much that was pretty much the week i got paid and i pretty much had to s- subsist on leftovers for the next two weeks so this person i paid them the 450 dollars and they taught me how to write better copy and that $450 over the long span of time. So, $450, that doesn't sound like much now, but back then it was a lot. And that $450 was just an investment in myself that turned into thousands and thousands of dollars over the past couple of years because I learned how to write stuff that connects with people. And all of this happened because I had the willingness and the sense of adventure to really, you know, just. Take a risk on something instead of just saying that you know this is not going to work. So for you, you know taking a risk may be completely moving out of your state. It may be completely changing your career. It may be quitting your job and traveling for a year. I, I don't really know, but only, only you know and you only know, you know what is right for your own circumstances. So you're leaving what's familiar for the expansion of the unfamiliar, the unknown unknown. And something to think about is that you and I will both be old one day, and we'll be looking back on this expansionary period of our lives and the things we did and things we didn't do. And we ask ourselves, in one way or another, did we take the chance when the window of opportunity was open, or did we just bypass it? You know, that's something we all have to answer for, and that's something that doesn't happen until later. So the bill always comes after the feast. The fourth and final trap I want to mention probably which is the most important is falling prey to your neural wiring and your biochemistry. So I'll just I'll just say this you know your brain as it is right now does not want to change and the truth is as you get older the tougher it becomes to change Some people know this about the brain, some people don't, but your brain sprouts a whole amount, a shit ton of neural and dendritic connections in your brain, and things are just firing off like crazy, and this is happening between the ages of about, uh, I think it starts at nine, or I think it, it started since you were born, but it really heats up when about nine, so a little bit before puberty, and this happens... it. It reaches a peak in your adolescence and then this falls off when you turn about 25. And your brain does this to adjust to its environment. And that's why your adolescent period and your young adult years are called your quote unquote formative years. You're pretty much forming the bedrock of your personality and your habits. So after this period of brain activity, the brain then cools down a little bit after 30. So after this age, you now have mental maps of things that exist in your reality, and this is your worldview, and this is called a paradigm. And the extent of your paradigm will literally affect what you can or cannot do in life. So you have mental conceptions of how things should be and shouldn't be in life, and you incorporate those into your worldview. And this is also your self-image So if you hear someone talk about your self-image, your self-image is largely formed a lot in your adolescent and young adult years. So the time between 14 to about 35. And an interesting fact about the human brain is the fact that it's plastic and it's moldable. You know, scientists used to think that the brain hardened after a certain age and that change was really impossible. But now we're seeing that the brain is constantly changing and reorganizing itself. It's, 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 it's the most complex organ on the planet, bar none. The human brain. Amazing, fascinating instrument. So this process I just mentioned is known as neuroplasticity. And this doesn't dis- discount the fact that your brain is at its most impressionable when you're an adolescent. So you're pretty much a wet lump of clay that hasn't become anything yet. So, you know, um, that's how it is. As a as a child, you came into this world knowing nothing. You were essentially a blank slate for the most part, with the exception of your genetics. So, since you're a blank slate and you don't know anything about the world, it's the responsibility of your caretakers to socialize you into a responsible human being who can work with other human beings constructively and make a better world and leave the world better than when you found it. So these people who give you an example of whatever it is, how to be a good human being, these are your first model of what a responsible adult acts like. And you know, unfortunately, a lot of our caretakers were imperfect human beings themselves that's the downside that's the traumatic event in a child's life because you know a lot of these people had their own issues to deal with maybe they had familial issues health issues self-image issues drug issues all kinds of things and they all ha- had their own dysfunction that they w- weren't able to resolve in their earlier years before they had you so these are a lot of your these are your parents your teachers authority figures, people who are more powerful than you as a child. So a lot of these people failed us in some way or an important area, and they just let us down. And, you know, as a child, as a adolescent who doesn't really have any power, any agency of his own, seeing this is very traumatic, and you start to develop methods to deal with this trauma. And those things usually come in the form of sort of, some sort of escapism. So since you lack uh, agency and power, you just resort to these things to help you get some footing in the world, just to make it through the day. You know, of course um, what you do over time just becomes a habit. And then this becomes a self-sustaining personality trait. And many of these forms of escapism, they come in the form of things that offer some sort of relief especially for developing brain. And for a lot of us, a lot of us, we picked up a lot of bad habits and behaviors from that period of adolescence, just to get through the day, like I mentioned. And, you know, something like this could be drinking, it could be smoking, it could be excessive gaming, could be eating bad food, and it could be, you know, being consistently late to an activity. And All these things are now part of us and how we see the world and how we view ourselves to operate in the world. And you have a mental conception of yourself as a smoker or an alcoholic or someone who likes to, quote unquote, have a good time. So your brain has incorporated that into your self-image and into your paradigm. So. On a physiological basis, your brain has now dedicated specific neural connections that are reinforced with uh, what is called a myelin sheath. So myelin is a, you can think of it as insulation around a pipe that makes it, uh, makes the pipe run better. So whenever it's cold or whenever it's warm, the pipe is not affected by those things and the water just keeps flowing like that. You can think of myelin as something that reinforces um, neural connections. And the more you do something over time, your brain starts to accumulate myelin in specific neural pathways. And this is literally the path of least resistance. And this myelin contributes to what is called homeostasis. So homeostasis is the tendency for your body and your brain to want to... Hover around a certain set point or a certain um, a certain uh, a certain state of mind when we're talking about the brain, but it also for many other things, your body likes to hover around a certain weight, your body likes to hover around a certain palate, so your food palate is homeostasis, and of course, going back to the way the, the way you see the world, that is homeostasis so this is why your body. And most importantly, your brain will resist rewiring of any sort. So if, if you try to develop any sort of habits, you know how hard it can be, especially when you're trying to quit something that has given you some sort of footing of sanity in the world. So if you have been smoking since you were 13, 14, and now you're 28 and you try and give it up, it's going to be very, very hard because that is something you use to just cope with problems and this is leading into addictions which is a completely different subject but then you start to think that's just who i am and that feeds into your paradigm and how you see the world So what happens when you reach your late 20s and early 30s, and you have built your life on a rickety foundation of easy way outs and escapism? As a result, you become a dysfunctional adult, and you find it very hard to deal with life and its very nuanced problems, and you just resort to things that relieve, quote-unquote, relieve the tension. So you are essentially using these childhood mechanisms of escapism to deal with problems as an adult. And the problems that you have as an adult are more complex. As I said, they're more nuanced, and they just need more solution, and they need more critical thinking. So in the end, when you avoid these problems, you resort to more escapism, and your life becomes one giant loop of escapism, And you become very soft and fragile as a person and as a man. And you fail to have that cutting through power that you need to slice through the lethargy that's just everywhere in modern life. So you can just feel alive and awake and you make a life by design instead of by default. So I learned about this when I was 22 and I asked myself, you know, who do I want to be when I'm 30? And... I asked myself that question. And I took myself to task. I did discipline on myself and I treated myself like I would a student or a child who was learning how to walk. And I forced myself to develop these strong habits. I made a module. I made a plan of attack. I wrote down all of these bad habits I had. I wrote down all of the ones I wanted to install. And it was like installing a computer program. Obviously, installing something as complex as an operating system takes time because you're obviously changing your default operating system. That's what it is. And you can't have anything interrupt that process. So I wrote down a plan of attack. I wrote down, you know, what I was going to do on a daily basis. So making a to-do list. And then it was like, again, installing a computer program, workout, diet, study, socialize, practice, guitar, Reading, focusing, boom 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 like you you have to treat yourself like this like this um, like this thing that you're just feeding information because your brain is the most complex supercomputer in the world and you're just you're just pumping in all of this information and you're reinforcing it by making it learn different things so, You know, your end goal of who you want to be will pretty much determine the actions that you do on a daily basis. And every day will matter. And there won't be any day that won't matter because, let's be honest, you know, hours make days, days make weeks, weeks make months, and months make years. And obviously years make a lifetime. So you start to realize that there's nothing that really doesn't matter. You know, everything matters in some sort of the other. It's just that you may have a good foundation in certain area so you can slack off in other areas but eventually it will catch up with you and it will come to just mess up everything that you're doing with your life so if you have the the mind state the mindset that you know, your twenties are for having fun, and your thirties are for knuckling down and grinding, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, you are going to be a very unhappy and very average individual. That's that's what you're going to be because for the majority of people, the majority of people listening to this, your energy levels are going to freaking drop when you turn thirty-five. For the majority, after thirty-five, after thirty, your testosterone—if you're a man starts dropping by 1% a year. And, you know, testosterone is obviously the male hormone that is responsible for aggression and muscle building and just having that vigor and aliveness. So that starts dropping off. And when you're 35, you're probably going to be working long hours. You're going to be having a family to take care of. You're going to have all these responsibilities and you know, if you haven't built up the habits of working hard, exercising, you know, continuous learning, eating well, all that stuff, it's going to be more and more challenging for you to do these things, you know. And so when you have a problem with these things and you start trying to make important decisions and weighty decisions, you are on the road to destruction. So, you know, I do have a lot of guys email me who are 40 years old, 50 years old. I even had a guy who was 60 years old, and he told me, you know, I wish this type of stuff was around when I was younger. And some guys, you know, said that, is it too late for me or whatever? And some guys said that, you know, I'm 40, and I just started an exercise regimen. I'm very dedicated, et etc. et cetera. And, you know, these guys are obviously in their 40s. These guys are in their 50s. And... While some guys do get their shit together, I rarely see guys who have out of control problems with things and tons of bad habits. I rarely see them make it. And by the time they fix it, it is too late. So, what 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 do I mean, what do I mean by that? You know, it's a very, like I said, life takes on a completely different meaning when you are in your later 20s. Versus when you are in your later 30s and 40s. Life is completely different when you get older. The way you enjoy life as an individual is completely different. The way you think about things is different. The obligations you have is different. The way you see the world is different. Your hunger, your motivation, everything is different. Like the 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 ability to enjoy different things. The ability to just the hunger you have for a woman in your life. It's just its just different. Like, this is your last opportunity, your late 20s and your 30s and your early 30s, early to mid 30s. Like, this is your last opportunity to really live life and enjoy it as a youthful individual, as a youthful young man. And, you know, please don't wait till you're fucking 50 to find this out. Don't do that. You know, it's really it was really disheartening to get an email from these guys and who they stumbled upon unstoppable rise and they feel as if they just threw their life away and they realized that they had a chance to become a different person. And it's really sad because, you know, time can't go back and the best they can do is work with what they have and they have to practice with what they have. So gentlemen, Who are in your mid-twenties and younger. You need to realize that you need to practice. You need to practice who you want to become. Mentally. Physically. Emotionally. Gain a vision of this person in your mind's eye. And don't let it go. And use that as your North Star. To guide your actions. What you do every day. That will determine whether... You pick up the cigarette that 's being handed to you that will determine whether you eat that piece of junk food That will determine whether you do drugs because everyone in the room everyone else in the room is doing drugs That will determine pretty much what you want your life to be, like I said, and everything comes down to practice and you 're always practicing because your brain is always recording passively in the background actions that you're doing and you notice that if you do something one time it becomes easier to do it the next time and then it can be a snowball effect so you are always practicing and you need to practice who you want to become and let that be a snowball effect so that's all i have guys and you know truth be told you know this is all in your hands there's few things here that you can't change given enough time and effort and energy and you should know that life is always changing and as a product of life, nature, god, the universe, etc., you're always changing as well. So I knew someone, I know someone who just got divorced and he's 50. He just sold his house, his kids are out of the house and he's on the verge of starting a new phase in his life. He like he's literally starting over, like the ground he built his self-image on has drastically changed and he has to find a new rock to forge his identity from. So something like that can be very exciting because you're just getting a new phase in life. And something like that, as unfortunate as that is, that shakes up the monotony and that shakes up the dust and that just makes you be aware and awake and alive. And of course, it's never too late until you're dead, but it's always better to get started with the time you have. And the time you have is now. So you need to just keep moving and ascending to new heights. Whatever you do, just don't get stuck. So that's all I have. And I hope I will see you on the next one. And I hope you'll be able to think about some of these and use some of these and implement some of the tactics that are involved in good habits and I will catch you on the next one, and I hope you have a great day. So take care, and adios.